0: You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off.
1: Welcome to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. And today, sounding off with me, Is Elisa Akringold and I am Linda Martinelli. We're going to jump right into it today because Elisa and I have some issues with this whole Green New Deal and the whole, you know, green movement with us being constantly told that we have to get away from fossil fuels, not just being told Elisa, we're being forced to get away from fossil fuels. We're killing our jobs in the country uh, regarding fossil fuels and we're Told that electric vehicles, if you listen to Pete Buttigieg, is the way to go. And, you know, something in my gut has always said that this is not all it's cracked up to be. And sure enough, there are several articles that have come out recently, which I want to talk about. Um, One in particular by Stephen David Forbes, who is talking about it's time to lay down the truth on electric vehicles. Are they really, really? environmentally friendly. Well, so let's talk about that. Starting out with that batteries don't make electricity. They store electricity. And that goes for the, every little battery that you use from a hearing aid battery to a AA to A to uh, a vehicle battery. And by the way, those batteries that go in electric cars weigh a thousand pounds. So that's a huge battery. Well, all they do is store electricity and that electricity has to come from somewhere else. And where does it come from? It comes from primarily electricity that is made by coal, uranium, natural gas powered plants, or diesel fuel generators. So to say that it's a zero emission vehicle is not at all true because to make the electricity that goes into
0: that battery, we're using fossil fuels. Well, Linda, I mean, honestly, I think that this is just the, the greatest fraud that you can think of because nobody has brought up this concept of, of the fact that any of these electric vehicles or any of this, these issues on the Green New Deal are going to be actually helping helping the environment the way they claim it will be. And if you think about it, all of those all of those toxic materials that are put into batteries are oozed right into landfills when they are thrown away so that's even if there is a way to to recycle them but that's the biggest problem is that there is no way to recycle these batteries that are used in the in the cars so you have millions of these enormous batteries full of these toxic materials that there, there's no way to recycle them and they end up in landfills. So they continue to leak all of that material into our into our property, into our land, into our water tables. And that's not that is in no way, I mean that's completely environmentally destructive. So why don't they bring that up? Why doesn't anybody talk about that? This is not you know, this green, you know, sort of carbon free, um, product that we're made to believe it is and that's really bothersome. Well
1: it is and I, and I feel like your your word is exactly right. It's the biggest fraud perpetuated on people although there seem to be so many right now. But you know the the article points out that since 40% of the electricity generated in the United States is from coal-fired plants that it kind of makes sense to say that the 40% of the EVs on the road are coal powered because they, we have to get the electricity into that battery and we're making that electricity with coal. So since it takes the same amount of uh, energy to make that car move, whether it's a battery or whether it's um, fossil fuel, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, the The power is not coming from the battery. It's coming from the electricity that's in the battery, stored there, which was made with fossil fuel. So, we, we what are we really saving here? Is what what really bothers me. the The other thing that really really bothers me about this is, and and you're talking about um, the batteries being that they're not recyclable. There, there are places all over. The world. But primarily, uh, there are places in uh, the United States, there's places in China. And I'm sure that there's any number of other ones that ha- have these cars that their batteries no longer work. So you have the electric car, what happens to it when the battery dies, it's a 1000 pound battery, they go park it somewhere. And it stays there for what a 1000 years. I mean, what what, what kind of what is that doing to the earth when those batteries start leaking and, and they're huge batteries? And, and what, what do all those, the, the metals and um, everything that goes into the car, what happens to that? And the other thing, Elisa, that I was really disturbed about is um, that it, to make one battery, one vehicle battery at a thousand pounds, which is about the size of a travel trunk, It contains 25 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of nickel, 44 pounds of manganese, 30 pounds of cobalt, which we're going to talk about, 200 pounds of copper, and 400 pounds of aluminum, steel, and plastic. Inside are over 6,000 individual lithium ion cells. Look at what goes into one battery. What I just said is stunning to me.
0: It is absolutely stunning. Uh, nobody talks about this. Nobody hears about this. You just keep being told you got to get an electric car because that's the only way to save the environment. How on earth is that saving the environment? All of those all of all of those um, elements must be mined. Those are all fossil fuels. They are, let's talk about the cobalt for a minute. So the cobalt itself comes from, ma- the majority of the cobalt that's produced in the world comes from Congo. There are no pollution controls there. They are employing children who die from handling the t- this like terribly toxic material. Um, there's there it's like child labor there. No one, nobody, you don't hear anything about that. This is the furthest thing from being green. If you ask me, and not only that, I don't see how we're going to, you can't ask people, to not heat their homes. You can't ask people to go and buy a $50,000 electric car. People are not going to go back to the way it was before the industrial revolution. I mean, we we have to be able to function. We've got to be, people are always going to drive cars. They are always going to want, need to heat their homes. They are always going to need to produce, to, to use oil. I don't see how just telling people to go out and buy electric cars is going to solve the problem for us. So that's that's one thing. But the fact that this is so environmentally destructive by throwing these batteries either into landfills, I don't think that they've been able to come up with a technology yet to recycle the batteries to where it's cost cost effective and to the to the point where the the toxic materials in the batteries are are safely recycled. It's not possible right now. So how on earth are people supposed to to know this when they are being told over and over and over by our elected politicians that the only way to avoid an environmental disaster is to drive an electric car. It's the biggest crock, if you ask me. Well and, and-, and the
1: other thing with that is that when, when they buy the car, so we have cars on the road from 50 years ago, right? We, we have uh, you know the Model T's still running around on the road. I mean, and mostly in car shows, obviously, but, but you have people that have cars that are 20 and 30 years old. These batteries only last eight to 10 years. And then your car, which you paid a fortune for, is completely worthless. A new battery costs more than the whole car costs in the first place. So what are people gonna do after their car is done, after their battery runs out? And by the way, when they're charging their batteries and and getting electricity out of those uh, places that they get the electricity from to fill up their battery, uh, where is that electricity coming from? It's coming from some sort of fossil fuel. So the, the other thing I, I want to mention, I think one of the most shocking things, Alisa, to me, when, when, when you're talking about, and you mentioned it with the cobalt mines, when you're talking about the toxic materials that are inside those batteries, they virtually all come from mining. And to manufacture each battery, one battery, to manufacture one battery you, they have to process 25,000 pounds of brine for the lithium. So what they do is they, they put water on the, the assault area and, and they bring up uh, the, I guess, the, the brine and, and they have to extract the lithium from there, which is completely damaging to the earth. So they have to process for one battery, 25,000 pounds of the brine, 30,000 pounds of ore for the cobalt, 5,000 pounds of ore for the nickel and 25,000 pounds of ore for copper. All told for one battery, they've dug up 500,000 pounds of the earth's crust for that one battery. I mean, that is so shocking to me. And then you were talking about the water
0: that they use oh i mean the 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 thousands and thousands and thousands of of gallons of water that they must use in order to make all of that you know th- that that disrupts our water supply and you know i don't understand why the people who are talking about all this whole green new deal no one talks about this this is a little shocking it's a little scary that you know it's basically another way to be controlling the people and i don't know when are we going to wake up when it seems like we need a wake up call you know not to mention that the the other issue is is about the the windmills that must be used in order to generate the electricity so people think that windmills are environmentally friendly they are not they are not every single windmill that that is used in order to generate electricity weighs 1600 tons it's the equivalent of 23 houses so it contain 23 houses that that could be in a whole neighborhood you know that's for one windmill that's all these tons 1300 tons of concrete and steel and iron and fiberglass and the the rare earth materials that they need even just a single blade weighs 81,000 pounds. And again, they only last 15 to 20 years. So at that point, they have to be replaced and you cannot recycle those windmills. You cannot recycle those used blades. So what do they do? Apparently, they are burying them in the ground in Wyoming. So now, how, how, that, that how is that work? ecological? How is that ecological? I mean, please enlighten me on that. I don't I don't get it. So I don't see how people are being sold a bill of goods on this zero emissions concept when it is the furthest thing from zero emissions. So, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like, again, this is just another way that we are going to be controlled by these politicians. And when is it going to stop? And when is the truth going to come out? Well, I mean, it, it, the truth is
1: here, but We're not being, of course, the media is not reporting it. And I I don't know. I I feel like the the people that are environmentalists to the core, they don't want to hear any of the truth. And they don't want to know that what they're doing is actually, in my opinion, worse for the environment than the fossil fuels are. And you know, I'm not I'm not saying get rid of electric cars. I, I honestly wouldn't own one, but that our our methodology in this country has to be and all of the above scenario you know have have our fossil fuels because we need them and we have them and we can be energy independent and now especially when there is a war happening it is more important than ever that we are energy independent and why this administration is not leading us in that direction but buying oil from our enemies is beyond me. I want to talk about one more thing with this, Alisa, real quick, because as you drive, and I don't know if where you live in Connecticut, uh, there are solar farms. But as I drive, uh, especially from Texas to California, or from California to Nevada, there are huge solar farms out in the desert. And again, in my opinion, I think that the windmills and the solar farms are an absolute blight on, uh, the landscape of the earth here. But again, we're talking about the same problem and the same issue that we've talked about with the other two methods here with the batteries and with the windmills and the solar arrays, which is, um, the chemicals that are needed to process to, to make those solar panels, which are, by the way, they're not recyclable either. So the chemicals needed to process silicate into the silicon that are used in the panels has are hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, nitric acid, hydrogen fluoride. There's another one. I can't even say, maybe you can try, try and acetone. They also need, uh, gallium, arsenide, copper, indium, gallium, diselenide, and cadmium telluride. Uh, don't ask me what any of those are, but the short of it is that every single thing I mentioned and probably mispronounced is highly toxic. Silicon is a dust hazard to the workers. The panels, by the way, which virtually all come from China, are enemy, uh, they can't be recycled, so, so they, I don't know what they do with those. They're working on ways to recycle them, but right now they can't. So look at all these things that we're creating out of toxic materials and then, what, burying them in the earth?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, one, one interesting one interesting other aspect was, you know, Forbes was asked, he was asked like quite, you know, a little bit, a couple of years ago or actually, I'm sorry, he was asked about six months ago. Somebody asked him, how much oil does the U.S. actually have in the ground? And he said, without even batting an eyelash, he said, more than all the Middle East put together. So we have enough fossil fuel here to become energy independent on our own. We do not need to be begging Venezuela, the dictator in Venezuela, to be buying his oil. We do not need to be, we certainly do not need to be resurrecting that Iran deal and, you know, taking away all of the sanctions and letting Russia, by the way, broker the Iran deal, which is a whole other story, obviously. But we do not need to be buying oil from our enemies. We can be totally energy independent here. We can certainly, um, you know, mine what we've got here. And, and, What bothers me the most about this whole thing is just that, like like we talked about earlier, the fraud of this whole thing. I mean, we we are thirty trillion dollars in debt. We are sitting on a gigantic oil reserve. We're buying oil from the enemy, and literally, we're being told that the only thing that we can do in order to save our environment here is to drive electric cars and use solar energy and windmill-driven energy, and none of that. Is, is environmentally friendly. None of that is. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm just like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like these people are just destroying our country by destroying the whole earth. Yeah.
1: I mean, because, because these things come from, if, if you talk about the electric car batteries again, for just a second and lithium, most of the lithium comes from uh, countries like I, th- I think uh, Bolivia that, that area of, of the country. There's, there's other places um, in Australia and China, and, but you have the, the Ande, Andean Mountain Triangle, which is Bolivia, Argentina, and Chile, which has a lot of the lithium in it. So let's go back to the water that we said was being used to mine the lithium, which is an incredible, two million gallons per metric ton of lithium is being used. You are talking about one of the driest areas on Earth, where people need the water to drink and to live, and we're using it for these batteries. and And I don't see how that's ecologically good for anybody, much less the people that live there that need it to drink. And then once you use that water, and it, it's done being used and it gets disposed of, it's it's toxic to any any wildlife or or aquatic life around there. So I don't understand how how that could possibly help anybody. And we're talking constantly about global warming, right? Global warming is all we hear. And and I do believe that there's global warming. Global warming is a fact of nature because the earth rotates in two ways. It rotates on its axis and it rotates around. So so just think about that, that, that the earth as it's rotating over, over time, the, the weather in areas has to change. I mean, there, there's not even an issue about that. It, it, it it's done it throughout history that we have periods of warm and cold. And so say if the Arctic right now is warming and the glaciers are melting, then probably the Southern hemisphere the Antarctic is getting colder. So, you know, you, it, it all balances out and it may not be something that, that we like if you're in an area that's changing or getting drier or wetter or having worse storms. But this is, this is the way that God made the earth and this is what the earth does and has done since the beginning of the earth. So how we continue to say that it's man-made, I don't
0: understand well you can yeah i mean there's no there's you you cannot you cannot change the way god created this earth that is for sure but you know to take to to hear the people from who are promoting this green new deal talk about healthy drinking water for everyone and healthy access to you know access to all this all these healthy foods and healthy how are you supposed to do that if you're you're taking the healthy water that is needed in a in one of the driest areas of the world and mining lithium with it. I mean, that makes it, the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. And it's, it's you know, I do agree. I, I think, yes, there is global warming, but I also feel like that is a natural progression of the earth. That's almost part of, of the way the earth was designed to be. And yes, throughout history, there have been, you know periods of cold and periods of warm. And you study that when you're in school. Um, you you cannot really interfere in 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 changing that. But what even is you know more disturbing is how it is pushed on us here in this country. And the truth is is that our, in our country in the United States we are not the biggest contributors. If if people in you know in are actually contributing to global warming, it's not the United States. The United States is a teeny fraction of it. The biggest contributors are China and India and those heavily populated countries. It's not really what we're doing here. So even if everybody in this country goes, goes, quote unquote, green and goes to buy an electric vehicle, which is ridiculous and not going to happen. But even if that were to happen, hypothetically, we're still not even making a dent in whatever the global emissions are, you know, the, the, um, carbon emissions are in the world. It's not gonna happen until countries like China and India make a change, and that's not ever really gonna happen. So uh, to me, it's just, uh, it's another way of, of being controlled by the government. Well, you know, they, they
1: talk about silly things like like cow farts and you know how, how the methane gas is a problem and we should get rid of cows and all, all of these types of conversations, which are ridiculous. Where are the environmentalists when Russia is completely destroying an entire country and look at the fires and, and look at the toxic chemicals being released over there from, from the fires of uh, people's homes and uh, from any factories that are over there? I mean, w- w- I don't hear a peep out of the environmentalists right now. It's, it's all very hypocritical to me. The, the thing that is, is a little bit maddening in my mind, is just that that people who are on this track of the Green New Deal, they they just don't they they don't want to hear anything different. There's no common sense that you can get through to them with. That they, they just they're they're kind of drinking the government Kool Aid. And and what Joe Biden's buy into it is, and Ocasio Cortez and uh, Pete Buttigieg and these all of you know the, the people in the administration that believe in this, that that are really destroying our economy over it. What what is there what is there to gain from them? I mean, are they are are we electing people that are that stupid to believe in this, or is there some other ulterior motive? Um, which in my mind always comes back somewhere to dollars, comes back to money, I, and I and I'm not sure what that is. The, the fact is we are in uh, a wartime situation, not so much America, but in a drop of a hat, just like world war one and world war two, we can be there and we need to be energy independent and we have the energy to do it. So I I just don't, I don't understand the reluctance is, you know, it's like, it's like when your two-year-old digs their heels in and they're they're they keep saying, no, that's how I feel with this, that, that we, we are absolutely on the wrong track, not to mention the number of jobs that we've lost, uh, you know, through cutting off the pipeline and
0: I don't know the little Texas towns that are drying up because of that. It's just heartbreaking. Oh, it's awful. It's, it's definitely awful. I mean, it's, it's, you know to to talk about what's going what what russia's doing in ukraine is just it's so incredibly heartbreaking and again yeah you don't hear a peep from anybody about what that's what's what it's doing to the environment there but what you're saying is you know you're saying what is their ulterior motive their ulterior motive is to just play into this so that they can get reelected. it's a power it's just a power grab It makes absolutely no sense at all. I don't think if you sat down and you questioned Biden or AOC or Pete Buttigieg or Kamala Harris on any of this, I don't think they, they probably don't have a clue. No, I agree. But you know,
1: who does have a clue is Elon Musk. And I mean, he's been very, very smart to make the electric vehicles, um, you know, because he says made him a billionaire, but even he says, Hey, we need the fossil fuels too. So again, it should be in all of the above scenario, and not just just one thing. I mean, I I should have the right to choose in, in America, and they're taking that away from us to the point that you know they're they're thinking that we all should have electric vehicles. Well, electric vehicles don't work for a lot of people's lifestyle. You know, they they can't and. and and there's not anywhere near enough electric stations to fuel them. And I, like I say, I would never, ever buy one just because it, it, uh, will go sit in a desert somewhere for eternity, you know, after eight years. And I wouldn't want to spend 50 or a hundred thousand dollars on a car
0: every eight years. Oh, absolutely not. That's insane. Who can do that? no, who can do that seriously uh, 1% of the population can do that it's it's not even it it makes absolutely no sense it's not practical it's not a pragmatic solution um you know if you brought that to the attention of if the media picked up on this and the media actually did report this i think people would be outraged by by being sold this bill of goods if you ask me and you know it's it's you know i don't think that going back to, or going, going forward to say that every single person is going to have an electric vehicle within the next 20 years makes any sense whatsoever. I don't think that people are ever going to want to give up their regular cars where they have an option, where they can choose what they want to do, where they can drive their car or not, whether they can, you know, it's the, the cost to provide enough electricity to, for every single person to have one of those electric cars in this country it makes no sense at all. It's just not, it's not a practical way to go about it. And this country is, it's almost like turning the country backwards to say, okay, you're no longer gonna be able to have oil, you're not gonna be able to drive your cars anymore. It's like, people are just not gonna go for that. It's not gonna be, I, I don't think that once everybody really understands all of the different elements that go into the making of an electric vehicle and what happens to it at the end of its lifespan, I don't think people are going to go for that whatsoever and it's going to be a big slap in the face to these environmentalists.
1: Yeah, all I have to keep thinking of is 500,000 pounds of toxic materials for every single battery and then and then the fact that the the electricity that goes into the battery and into the stations to recharge your battery comes from fossil fuel. What have we gained here? This it, this it, it's it's like a little shell game. You just move the shell because you're still using the fossil fuel to make the electricity to have the electric vehicle. So what, what was the point? Why not,
0: why not skip the middleman of the EV and just use the fossil fuel? That's a hundred percent. Right. Again, it's mostly about controlling our lives and about being able to tell people what to do. And it's just, it's really, really disturbing. And I don't know what we're going to do and how we're going to get this wake-up call, but we need to get it soon. It's really scary. It's
1: going to be by voting. I think, I think that we have to vote better than we did last time, and, and get people that that understand the real situation and you know uh, rectify what is being done right now. And we still have another almost three years to go of it, which is terrifying.
0: One last point is that the whole reason that this has the the pipelines were were halted and all of that. It was just one big anti-Trump movement. That's all it was. That's what this whole green thing is anyhow. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com.
2: Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash outloud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation, that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutLoud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: welcome back to ladies of liberty uh linda as we were talking about before we were chatting about the electric vehicles and the resources that it takes in order to provide enough power to power one battery for one electric vehicle but you know what we were what we were thinking about was the fact that we actually have enough fuel fuel in this country to power our nation for the next 2000 years. And it's interesting to me that, um, you know, we have more oil in this country than all of the Middle East put together. And we are able to access it through the Bakken area, which is the largest domestic oil area in this country since Alaska Alaska's Prudhoe Bay. And we could eliminate All of the oil that we're purchasing from our enemies, our our foreign enemies, Iran, Venezuela, Russia, Um, it's it's a little scary to me that we have completely blocked that off. We are in $30 30 trillion dollars of debt we are sitting on this enormous oil reserve why are we buying oil from our enemies we could provide all of the world's oil for the oil and gas for the next 100 years with this reserve and you know it's it's just really disturbing that nobody talks about it we're not allowed to access our own oil reserves and we are continually dependent on foreign oil so i don't understand why we do not want to use our own resources and make this country energy independent. Well,
1: and you know what else that would do for us, Alisa, is think about the, just this Bakken area, and there's more areas that we're going to talk about, but just this area, which uh, is estimated at 503 billion barrels, even if just 5 billion barrels were recovered, we could, I mean, we, we would take our our debt down in this country, $5.3 trillion. I mean, I think that's pretty important for our kids, but this, this find that they did in South Dakota and North Dakota and uh, Montana is it's, it's a huge, huge oil field. You know, we could take that oil and our European allies, we could, we could supply them as well and they wouldn't have to buy russian oil which by the way is 45% less pure than our oil so they we we would make allies over there and the world wouldn't be in this position right now worrying about losing their russian oil like germany and some of the other countries in europe that buy russian oil uh, they they're afraid of being cut off because you know they they're in bed with russia and that was Joe Biden's fault because he opened their pipeline where he shut ours down. And we, we, we really could have had this so much better under control, but what did we do? W- by opening that pipeline and letting Russia pour oil into Europe, we funded his war against Ukraine. So, I mean, all of this is interconnected and we need to be thinking much more long range than we're thinking in this country.
0: Well, yes. I mean, not to mention just the Bakken Reserve, but, you know, we have a, a thousand feet underneath the Rocky Mountains. We've got an enormous untapped oil reserve. It's, it's apparently more than 2 trillion barrels of oil. And, you know, so we're continuing to, to fight over offshore oil drilling. We have it right here. We do not need to do that. Apparently, um, well, the official estimates of what we have here inside of our own borders is we've got eight times as much oil as Saudi Arabia. We've got 18 times as much oil as Iraq. We've got 21 times as much oil as Kuwait, and we've got 22 times as much oil as Iran. So why, how how can that, why aren't we using this? Why aren't we, you know, why aren't we helping ourselves? What is, why are our politicians shutting our own resources down. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. And the people in this country are allowing that to happen. Why are we voting these people into office? You
1: know, Please what's explain. interesting. I, I just had a thought when you're talking as I'm thinking about your question, why aren't we tapping it? Well, you know what, if, if we are attacked by our enemies like China or China and Russia and Iran that all team up and North Korea that team up against us, do you not think that they're going to tap that oil in a heartbeat for themselves? Of course they are. We, we need to be being proactive and protecting America. And we're not seeming to do that under this administration. I did honestly feel that we were doing it under president Trump. We were oil independent for the first time, energy independent for the first time uh, I think in my lifetime. And, and all of a sudden on day one of Biden's administration, oil independence Energy independence is gone. That's just a scary, a scary thought. And then look where we are a year later. Look where we are. We're, we're in a war in the, in the world that, I mean, just a tragic, horrible situation with, with President Putin sounding just like Joseph Stalin. I mean, he's okay. echoing his words. That's very scary to me.
0: And and the whole reason that that it happened was because they were, they wanted to shut down every single thing that Trump did. It was like a systematic shutdown and it was only, it was just, it was just a vindictive sort of revenge on him. And for what, for what, what, what good did that do this country? It, It, it's really, it's maddening to me that we allowed that to happen and that, you know, It bothers me like that. You just you sit back and you watch this happen and you have absolutely no control over it. There's nothing we can do other than going to vote and trying to vote these people out of office, obviously. But it really bothers me that people did not could not and did not see this coming. The writing was on the wall. If you ask me, I thought that I thought that Biden and the Democratic Party, they kind of made no secret about what they were going to do during the whole election during the whole you know campaign they made it very clear that they were going to reverse every single thing that trump did and you know what he did was an enormous improvement to this country and the country was in better shape than it had been in in years and to to shut it all down just as a form of vengeance is you know it's it's like a slap in the face to the people of this country it, it absolutely is. And you know, if,
1: if you are somebody that voted for Joe Biden, I don't want to hear a word of complaint about gas prices from anybody because I mean, this is what you asked for. Even Kamala Harris says, Hey, you got exactly what you asked for from us. Well, that's probably true. Although, you know, I have to say uh, just yesterday, Elisa, I was reading I don't remember the exact numbers. I don't have it in front of me, but I remember thereabouts that in Pennsylvania, Joe Biden won by about 85, 84, 85,000 votes, right? Um, However, there were over 700,000, something like 742,000 more votes in Pennsylvania than registered voters. So there's something seriously, seriously wrong there. And what this, what this tells us is we don't know what really happened in that election. I I still personally believe that Donald Trump won, but why, why would Pennsylvania not allow the the governor of Pennsylvania would not allow that to be reviewed and audited? There is an audit going on anyway, and they're finding that in every house, that they go to, they say they had eight voters in the house. They actually walk up to the front door and they say, here, here are the people that voted in your, your house. And the person will say, well, th- that's me. That's my wife. That's my son. I don't know who these other people are. And they say, honestly, that it's 100% virtually of the homes they're going to that, that have this, you know, additional voting people there. That the people are saying, either they don't know them, uh, or well, that person owned the house ten years ago, or uh, that person rented here back in 2018. But but they they are not. They are finding so many fraudulent votes. So we all have to be concerned about that with with this next election, and you know with with any tricks that they want to pull to get nothing but. Uh, mail in votes, because that that's what did it this time. Although I think that there was a lot more to it. But yes, you're totally right. It's all about who we vote for. So people that voted for Joe Biden, um, you know, they, they are getting what they asked for,
0: but I'm not getting what I asked for. That's for sure. Well, there's no question that they, you're never going to hear them own up to how they undermined an election. You're never going to get the real story on that, but it was there's something very, very something very wrong going on. Um, I don't know if you actually also followed the, the Hunter Biden story of late, but um, you know, all of a sudden the New York Times kind of came out and they, they collaborated on the story about Hunter Biden's computer. And that all the they all the emails were actually legitimate emails, and they confirmed that the the people that were writing the emails to Hunter Biden about all of his connections in Ukraine and how he used all of his connections in Ukraine and China to um, to to further enrich himself and his father Joe Biden. Um, all of that has now been substantiated. And the New York Times kind of came out and said, oh, yeah, um, everything that that was reported about the Hunter Biden story during the campaign actually is true. And oops. Oh, well, Joe Biden's president now. So sorry. We're we're a year late in telling you this. But, you know, that's we just want to let you know that. Yeah, that that's all that was all true, by the way. Well, you know, I'm sorry that's not okay and you know there's no repercussions for that there's no ramifications there's nothing we can do about that now and that had a huge impact on getting joe biden elected you know they just nobody wanted to talk about all the mess that his son was in and all the corruption that he was involved in himself and of course he was the big guy in all of those emails and he got millions and millions of dollars you know, through, through his corruption and using his connections to enrich himself. It was all, it was all buried. No one wanted to talk about it. They just wanted to get him elected. And so they did, they just ignored it. And, and, and not only, it. not only that, not only did they bury the story. Well, I guess it is buried
1: in the story, but on Twitter and Facebook, if you even mention the Hunter Biden laptop, that, that was canceled off of there. You, you were, you know, in Facebook jail, or you were uh, eliminated from Twitter, they wouldn't let those tweets happen. So it, it was, it was absolutely, and, and they knew it was true. I mean, they knew it was true, because there there's never been any hint that it wasn't true. And you just have to look at the videos on that laptop to know that it's true, which are the videos are absolutely some of the most disgusting things you could ever see with children and um, Hunter all drugged up. Right. So how could it not be true? And you're right, he had to give money to the big guy. Uh, there's also, you know, uh, Biden's daughter's diary that's out there that she lost. And yet they accused uh, um, one of the one of the groups, I don't, I don't remember which one of of taking it, but that went through court and that was proven to be false she just left her diary somewhere um anyway there, there's a there's a lot of dirt on joe biden a thousand times more than on donald trump and yet look what we did to donald trump this if you remember elisa when joe biden went into ukraine and told them that they had to fire the attorney that was trying to prosecute Burisma. Uh, that wasn't convenient for Joe and his income and Hunter and his income. and they were trying to do an investigation. He shut it down, got the, that person fired, or he would not give them us money.
0: Can you imagine if Donald J. Trump did something like that? Oh, it would have been an absolute outrage. They would have been they would have been out of their minds. Um, you know, the, the fact that they called this Hunter Biden story, Russian information, Russian disinformation, and this was all a Russian rush. This is all, you know, from a Russian spy. I, this was the biggest con job you could ever imagine. And there's, they're not going to, no one's going to report it. No one's even reporting it really. Now they're not talking about it on the, you know, the, the liberal media outlets. And honestly, I'm, beside myself about it. I cannot believe even the New York post who reported this story originally, they kind of broke the Hunter Biden laptop story because Rudy Giuliani reported it to the New York post. He's the one that, 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 um, you know, gave them the story once they, once they went, went public with it on Twitter, they were shut down. Twitter shut the New York post out. They shut their whole account down. I mean, can you imagine this is this is not a democracy? What this is not freedom of speech. This was just a big conspiracy theory to bury a story, a, a conspiracy action to bury a story. And they not only just buried it, they this was an entire false narrative created that flipped yes. the script. And you know, it's it's maddening. They just peddled information, disinformation, and and they swayed an election. So that's what they did with
1: Hillary too, with all of her, her laptop stuff that she bleach bitted, And and it just seems like they they're always playing dirty and not playing fair. And people should should really think about that. You know, um, Elisa, all these things that we're talking about, especially with the fuel. What's your thought on how this all let's just talk, let's just say the fuel before we get to Hunter Biden, but the fuel uh, issue, the electric cars, the the fuel that we have in our country that we're not using. How does this affect the everyday American, especially the women in America?
0: Well, if you look at what we're leaving our kids to deal with, I think that is the thing that is the most concerning. I mean, we, so let's say Hypothetically, Okay, we're all going to go and we're all going to get these electric vehicles, which isn't going to happen, but let's just say we all do that. And, you know, 15, 20 years from now, when our kids are all grown up, there are millions and millions of batteries that are leaking toxic fuel into the environment. That's going to leave our kids with that cleanup. That's going to be an enormous, not only environmental mess, but an enormous financial mess that they're going to have to pay for. And, you know, that, why do we want to do that? That's not leaving the world a better place, what we all want to do for our children. So I think it has an enormous effect on the everyday American and, you know, how we want to to conduct ourselves and what we want to leave our children, the legacy we want to leave. Absolutely. I
1: worry about... All, I worry about the destruction of the earth and all the toxic materials and the children in the Congo that are dying from handling cobalt. Uh, I mean, we, what if that was your child? Uh, we, we need to be thinking about these things. And we need to be thinking about the, the destruction of the planet. And you're talking about constantly about fossil fuels destroying the planet. This is destroying the planet. The, the, we need to get a clue about this green new deal and how absolutely dangerous it is and not, not only dangerous, but, you know, I mean, you s- people still are going to need f- fossil fuels to power our trains and our planes and our ships. And, you know, the solar is not going to do this. So we need to, to and, and solar is not green in my opinion. I mean, there there's part of it that's green. That's great that it, the sun gives us the energy, And there's a place for that. But, but for women, I think that, that we women have to be the caretakers of the world. This is, this is kind of our job in a lot of ways to to think about these things and not plow ahead and and do something stupid. It needs to be thought out much better than it's thought out. And I I do think that it's going to affect them. I mean, right now, today, it's affecting women, especially maybe single moms trying to drive their car to work. Where are they going to pull that extra money from to have to pay these kinds of fuel prices? They're they're six and seven dollars in California now. How can you afford that? And and our generous Gavin Newsom there uh, said, well, you know, we're we're going to issue. We have a huge surplus in the state. We're even though they're they're raising taxes on people, they already have a huge sur- surplus. So they're talking about giving people $300 checks to offset the the rise in gas prices. Are you kidding me? Just lower the gas prices. You've got the highest taxes in the country on your gas, but they they don't do that. And this affects people in real time. And all of the, the, the fuel prices that we're paying now because of our pipeline being shutting down, because of us not being able to drill in our own country, because we're not energy independent, Everything that we buy has to be trucked in, boated in, flown in, uh, railed in. So all of that takes fuel of some sort and that fuel costs more. Therefore, everything that we're buying costs more, right? All of our food. So you're a single mom and you're working and you have to pay twice as much to get to work and home. And then you have to pay 40% more for food. I, I, These are real dollars and our politicians are so insulated from this. Their gas and their cars are paid for their flights are paid for. They, they have security. They have all the things that we don't have and they're insulated and they're
0: oblivious to the plight of the American people in us. Oh, it's, it's maddening. I mean, just to think that a year ago, gas, the average gas price was just under $2 a gallon. It's almost tripled. I mean, definitely doubled and in some places tripled and th- that is real money. That is money that is coming out of people's pockets. That is money that, that people can't afford. So now, you know, they, they, they have to change the way they live. People. I mean, this is, it's, how do you do this to people? I, I think this is a crime against humanity. I really do. I think it's just really awful. And why, why, I'm I'm outraged by it. I really am. I'm just enraged by the thing, and I'm wondering when we're going to start to see the the rage. I mean, I'm hoping that it's coming in in November. I really do at the at the polls, because we we have to speak up. We have to talk. This is it's not fair. It's just not fair, and it's the the politicians who are who are voted in who have the the way and the means to change it and you know, until we do something about it, it's, it's only going up. I mean, I could see gas prices becoming $9 a gallon by this summer. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. And, and people still have to go to work every day. So, so we're, we're in a big mess and we need to look at it realistically and look at the information, take some time, look at the information about fossil fuels and about uh, EVs and about the batteries and about what it takes to make those batteries and, and figure out using common sense, what kind of environmental disasters we're creating here. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I have to tell you, we just had our primaries in Texas, and it was a red wave. However, only 17% of the voters voted in that primary. And I think that, that that's just, it's just unacceptable. Everybody has to get involved to make a difference. We can't let a few people, um, less than two out of
0: ten people, tell you how you're going to live, and that's what happens. No question, no question. We have got to get the vote out, and people have got to wake up because if not, they're going to they're going to really, really. It's it's only going to get worse from here. It's not. I don't think Biden and his people are even close to being done with us. Oh no, no. Well. God bless America
1: and the people of Ukraine and, you know, sending prayers and best wishes for them. And what a tragic situation. We just need to keep moving on and keep pressing to to make a better world.
0: Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind.